morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome back to One Guy, One Role, where I, your host, GM, and player, Hero Cities, play solo role-playing games for your listening pleasure. On this episode, we are once again diving into the sci-fi world of Ironsworn Starforged, where we are following the story of Nikora Tycoon Soklov, a scavenger who may or may not have a heart of gold, but is currently working to recover a memory core for a guy named Creed who lives on the planet Tyr in the settlement of Osseus. We have not really got a chance to explore much of who Creed is, but I'm sure it'll come up in future episodes if we are able to complete the first iron vow that we swore to him in order to recover this memory core from a space station orbiting the icy planet of Cicero. As we enter into this episode, which is episode two, by the way, it starts off with a bead of sweat dripping down the side of Nikora's face. As the camera slowly pans out, you can see him looking up out of the cockpit windows to this dark object above where the floodlights of the second chance have revealed a massive object, which we can only assume is the space station or that was orbiting around Cicero, the ice world. As of now, we really don't know very much about this space station, other than the fact that presumably communications were lost with it, and it used to hold a couple hundred people. Finally releasing a clearly held breath. <sighs> All right, Chance. That was a close one. Does this station, I assume, that's above us have a name? Well, sir, records indicate it was known as Prosperity. However, it is difficult to ascertain exactly the purpose of the station. There are no records of any colonial families or anyone else being transferred into or out of the station. However, my databases regarding Prosperity are both outdated and lacking in detail. Mikora takes the cigar out of his mouth, puts it down on the dash. Can our sensors pick up anything? Is there any life aboard are is there any functioning systems is there anything at all that is operational after a couple of seconds chance comes back over i do not know sir as i said before all of our aspects and various scanners are in a dreadful state of maintenance and repair it appears as though core interrupts chance i get it i get it i've been neglecting some of our basic maintenance you don't need to tell me again i got a chance is there anything useful you can tell me well sir it does appear as though there is some sort of airlock located just ahead of us, although I am currently unable to ascertain whether or not it is currently functioning. Easing the controls forward, Nikor starts making his way towards the airlock ahead in the inky darkness of space. I think at this point, the camera kind of zooms out and you get a sense of scale of what this station actually is. So I've done a little more thinking about exactly what the second chance looks like and being a converted space trucking ship. I thought it would be kind of interesting if it kind of almost resembled the big rigs of our own world. Basically, the ship itself has enough space for four people, for full living, and of course you could always cram more in to begin with. I think that the ship kind of has, the main portion of the vessel has three decks, of which the top part is where the actual flight deck is and controls for manipulating all of the rest of the ship are located, and it actually sticks up a little bit higher than the rest of the ship, so you can actually look backwards out over where the cargo would be carried itself. On the second deck 
is um and this is all connected by just like literal ladders where you could slide down on them or you have to climb up with rungs and handholds and everything it is definitely not an ada friendly ship i don't know what somebody who was unable to walk or climb would do but it's a space trucker ship it's not designed for comfort of that nature anyways on the second level um the ladder comes down kind of right into the middle of a living area it's got the mess it has a lavatory it also has access to whatever rudimentary medical supplies there might be on the ship along with a maintenance access which connects to a horizontal shaft which runs through the connector all the way back to where the engines are located along with a little maintenance cubby where uh, minor maintenance can be conducted on the rest of the ship and where some tools are located and other things like that along with fuel tanks and all the other stuff you need in order to keep a spaceship running effectively. On the lowest portion of the cab, which is what I'm calling the forward part of the ship, is where the um, coming off of on the along the outside of the mess are four ladders that drop down into the crew bays. Um, currently, two of them are kind of outfitted for living. Of course, um, one of them is where Nikora himself lives, um, while the others have been kind of... One is just clearly abandoned and untouched. It was probably, if you really went in there and poked around, where Zari was bunking when she was still on board the ship, or at least where she kept her personal effects in it more or less remains untouched to this day, while the other two have been converted over to rudimentary storage, where excess supplies, food, stuffs, water, that kind of stuff is being stored. The whole ship itself is fairly long, I'm thinking about 100 meters or so, but the distinctive feature of this ship itself are the docking clamps that kind of extend off of the spine of the ship where the maintenance quarter runs. It's this heavily reinforced uh, connector section where these giant clamps come down and actually connect onto a cargo box which could then that basically the ship would lower itself down onto whatever landing platform and the clamps uh, which are connect to the box both mechanically from these four giant clamps that clamp onto the side of the box as well as magnetically to kind of keep the box adhered to the bottom of the ship in case of some sort of mechanical failure of the clamps. So these release and the whole entire upper frame of the ship, including the cab, that long connector section and the engine section lifts off and it can fly away or pick up another crate. However, at this time, the box that is currently connected to the ship, since it's obviously not being used as a cargo hauler, is whatever box was included with the starship when Nikora bought it secondhand. For now, the box is currently full of fatty, which is the skiff that Nikora owns, and probably is kind of messy and full of other crap that is accessible during flight. I believe that the box can be both pressurized and accessed during flight. So this 100 meter long spaceship with its cargo box currently clamped into position is dwarfed by the space station. It's really hard to tell scale because we're still on the dark side of Cicero, so everything is just shadowy light with a little bit of white reflected from the ice planet itself. And this tiny little pinprick of a star doesn't really do much to help the situation even when it is arisen. So the whole thing is always kind of shadowy and cast in these dark gray and black shadows. But you can still tell the sense of scale of Prospero 
it easily stretches longer than a kilometer off into the horizon. So as the second chance starts to pull up to this airlock that's ahead, I think Nikora takes a moment to shine the lights of the second chance over the airlock and is going to attempt to gather any extra information about this airlock that might help with gaining access into the Prospero. And um, in this case, it's going to be with expertise, focus, or observation. So we're going to roll plus wits, which is a three for us. We rolled a six, so plus three is a nine. And with a five and a nine on the dice, we did not beat that nine. So that does give us a weak hit, which on a weak hit, the information provides new insight, but also complicates your quest. Envision what you discover then take plus one momentum. That does bring our momentum up to plus five, which is great. So I do think that this airlock doesn't have anything that's mechanically wrong with it. However, it is unpowered. That's going to be our complication. Course size. Well, it looks like the damn airlock's unpowered. Is there anything we can do? I'm not sure. I think it's quite likely that we will be able to route some of the power off the second chance and use it to power the airlock, like an airlock-to-airlock connection, connect them, and power flows from one to the other. I think that's very likely to happen. A 93. No. No, we can't do it like that. So how are we going to gain access into this airlock? Are we going to have to cut our way in? I think so. Blast our way in? One of those two options. So as... Nikar is looking out of the flight deck at the airlock. Chance comes back on over the intercom. Sir, according to my observation, the technology used on this airlock is considerably different from our own. It doesn't even appear to bear any inscriptions other than a small little four off on the side. Taking a moment to think, Nikora, what would Nikora do? He's careless. Would he just blast open the airlock? There's no power to it. You could try to get out and cut it open, but that doesn't really seem... As much in Nikora's character as it is to just try and blast open the airlock using the munitions that are available on the second chance itself. This really seems like a terrible idea, but I can't think of any other way he would come up with to access the station. So we're going to do it. We're going to go ahead and we're going to blast open the airlock, which I think is a face danger roll. When you attempt something risky or react to an imminent threat, envision your action and roll. Our action is to back the spaceship up a bit and try and do a focused blast. I think you can kind of tweak. I think they're lasers. Let's face it. It's space. They're lasers. You can kind of tweak the focus and intensity of the laser. And Nikora is going to try and select the correct setting on the laser in order to just do some localized damage on the airlock here. So let me look. I can't decide if this is going to be with iron or wits. Let me take a look at some of the other moves real quick. There's really nothing else that fits, so it's going to be face danger, but I can't decide if it's with iron or wits. So I'm going to give it a roll. One through three, it's with iron. Four through six, it's with wits. We got a three, so it's with iron. So this is a face danger with aggression, which makes sense. Unfortunately, our iron is only one, which kind of sucks. Ooh, good roll. We rolled a five plus one, which is a six. And we got a one and a five on our challenge dice, which does, in fact, give us a strong hit. On a hit, you succeed. Choose one. On a hit, you succeed. On a strong hit, take both. On a weak hit, choose one. So, oh, it's security advantage. I mean the wrong thing. On a strong hit, you are successful. Take one momentum. That brings our momentum up to six, which is excellent. So, Nakora pulls back with the second chance and brings up the targeting computer. 
I think it's pretty rudimentary. It's a system that you have to aim yourself with limited targeting assistance. And if there's nothing for the tracking system to actually lock onto, you have to personally aim the lasers at whatever you're firing at. So since it's obviously out in space, we see this flash of light coming off the front of the second chance and a beam of light streaks towards the closed airlock and a soundless explosion of light and followed by not much honestly with a strong hit i think the goal for nikora was to just blow a hole in the exterior door of the airlock and not completely depressurize this section of the ship so as the second chance comes back over towards the prosperity we can see in the floodlights from the second chance this perfectly round singed hole just big enough for a man to probably squeeze through in the airlock and the second door of the airlock on the inside while blackened and scorched it appears as though the structural integrity of the door itself has been undamaged seeing the success of his operation nikar cracks a rare smile did you see that shooting there chance just like blasting rodents back in the day at home all right Let's go take a look and see what if we can get into the station from the inside. With that, the scene fades away. Now, since we are using the Mythic GM emulator with the chaos system, and that's the end of a scene, I do think that our chaos factor will go up to six since, oh, sorry, down to four since we were very in control of that situation. Other than that, I think we are going to mark progress on our iron vow to retrieve the AI memory core since we now have gained access inside the prosperity. So we haven't talked about how marking successes works in Iron Swarm. Basically, there's a track of boxes that you're trying to fill by accomplishing various objectives or other things like that throughout the, well, whatever the challenge is. In this case, it's our iron vow to retrieve the memory core from the prosperity. Since this is a dangerous task, we get to mark two boxes on our tracker. So basically, when you're ready to complete whatever your objective is, you'll roll your challenge dice, which is the D10, and however many check marks you have along your track is what your D6 roll would be. You don't actually add anything to it or can influence it in any way. You just make the roll and see how you do based upon whatever the challenge dice show. This system is actually really interesting because it allows you to kind of meter the pace at which you however long you want a challenge to be because the more difficult quote unquote a challenge is the more the less ticks or boxes you fill every time you mark progress which then makes it take longer so you can decide how important whatever the objective is it also works that way for enemies or any long-term challenges you undertake besides that on the conclusion of the scene i don't think we really have any other characters to add except i guess we could talk uh, or add chance the virtual intelligence or vi who is aboard the second chance but i mean he's not really a character per se because you can't really grow closer to it or anything like that but I'll still add them to the list. Other than that, we don't have any new threads or anything to add. Although, obviously, Nikora is not aware of this, but we are as viewers. And I think that before we get on with getting into the prosperity itself, after the scene fades to black, another scene comes up 
in which a bald man sits at a terminal. And on this terminal, with a single blinking green light, and then text, kind of like how the mother talks an alien, comes across the screen, says, courier delivery uploaded, loading, 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 classified information. Do you wish to proceed? At this, the bald man leans forward at his desk and pushes a red button. Journeyman Sterling, I've just been reviewing the latest information uploaded from the couriers. I think there's something you ought to see. Takes a couple moments before the intercom hisses to life. This better be important, apprentice. Sir, it involves Prosperity Station. Apparently it hasn't uploaded any data in the last two weeks. The radio is silent for a long moment. Very good, apprentice. I will put a note in your file for your good work. At that, the scene ends. I've started a clock about the arrival of these mysterious individuals and filled in one of the pieces of pie. At this time, I'm going to keep it a secret about who they are and exactly how large the pie is, but someone is very interested in the prosperity, and perhaps a clock is ticking on Nikora, and he better not dwaddle for too long. Using the fate rules as we enter into our new scene with Nikora, of actually entering into the prosperity. We roll a d10 and compare it to our chaos of four to see if our scene is altered in any way. Got a nine, so the scene as we are entering into is not altered. Due to the strong success we scored when we fired the laser at the airlock, I don't think we need to play out entering into the second set of airlock doors. And as we come into this scene, I think it's a pitch dark room. And, well, I guess the main question is, Is there air inside of this part of the station? Is the environmental system still working? I honestly don't know. And I think think it's a 50-50 chance. With a chaos rank of 4, we rolled an 88, which is an extreme no. This means that the environmental systems not only are not currently functioning, but are completely destroyed or taken offline and will be unable to be reactivated throughout the entire time we are within the prosperity. Now, since I think... Since it was an extreme no, I think we're going to have to start another clock ticking for our oxygen that we have available with our environmental spacesuit, unless we can find other oxygen. I'm honestly not entirely sure how good this system is, so I'm going to roll for it. I think it's quite likely that this is one of the few things that Nikora takes really careful care of and wouldn't just let it fall apart. So I think it is a near sure thing that it's been topped off and in fairly decent condition. Rolled a 69, which is a success. So it's a yes, it is in good condition. So clearly, at least even if the ship is kind of falling apart, it's dirty and not well maintained. He does take uh, careful care of the equipment that he uses for his actual job. Since I'm not sure how long we're going to be in the prosperity, I'm going to go ahead and make it a six-part clock for our O2 that's available. And as we go through scenes or as a consequence or anything like that, we'll slowly fill in that clock as a way to keep track of how much oxygen we actually have in our in our suit. I think the suit is also equipped with a short-range radio that's able to communicate back to chance on the second chance unless there is some kind of interference of whatever kind. So as we fade back into our scene, there's a very dark room that we're in, pitch black in fact, and deathly silent. 
no hum of machinery, no throbbing of an engine, no whirring of fans or any of the normal sounds you get on a space station. Instead, it is just dark, silent, and cold, like the deepness of space. However, there all of a sudden, there's a bright flash in the darkness as this pinpoint of bright, intense light flares to life and slowly makes its way from the ceiling down a seam along a door to the floor. Upon reaching the floor, the bright dot of light blinks out of existence and all that can be seen is the slowly cooling orange line from the top of the door to the bottom until the door is suddenly wrenched apart by two giant metal claws and the bright glare of artificial white light floods into the room revealing a nondescript room covered in in glistening ice clearly something has happened at this station for at a terminal that's been frozen over is a body a body with eyes that are frozen wide open with icicles hanging from his hair and from his eyebrows and a frozen cup of coffee sitting on the table in front of him. Something terrible has happened at this station. Something has gone very wrong. Out of the bright glare of the light, we see a form walking into this room. And if there was any oxygen, you'd hear the crunch of every step on the frozen floor. However, with the environmental system knocked out, this place has functionally become a tomb. A frozen tomb full of death. And who knows what else is waiting as we venture into the prosperity. And with that, we will bring our episode to a close. Thank you once again for listening to episode two of Iron Sworn Starforged, brought to you by me, Hero Cities of One Guy, One Roll. I can't thank y'all enough for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I basically just started as a way for myself to play role-playing games solo and decided to share it with everyone for fun, basically. And the fact that anybody actually wants to listen to it is amazing. I had never expected it, quite honestly. Anyways, this is Hero Cities signing off. Have a great rest of your day, and take care, y'all.